and welcome to On the Brighter Side. I'm your host, Monica Tanner, and this is probably episode number 53 or something like that, but I'm not counting the episodes anymore. I'm super excited about my guest on the podcast today. She has become a friend of mine. She is a brilliant marketer. She runs her own business, is a single mom of two beautiful children, and is basically like running the world right now. But she offers some fantastic advice on how to replicate exactly what she's doing. Now, we had some audio difficulties at the beginning. For some reason, the first half of our interview did not record, and she was so gracious and willing to re-record with me, but it was mostly just us getting to know her, and I, instead of taking more of her precious time, I would direct you to her podcast called Pulling Back the Curtain with Natalie Hodgson, and you can go there and listen to her podcast and get to know her really well. So I hope that you'll do that because she is a wonderful human being and super vulnerable and honest about all of the experiences she's had in her life that have shaped her into who she is today. She talks about her relationship with her mom, her divorce, and many other really interesting and informative things. So pulling back the curtain with Natalie Hodgson, but I'm really excited to bring you the second half of our interview, which has a lot of the really useful information that I think you guys are going to really love. So we're just going to dive in right in the middle of our interview with Natalie Hodson. So we were talking about the fitness industry. Oh, right. So I never really felt like I fit into the fitness industry. That was just kind of the vertical I used to communicate with women, which is, I feel like really is my strength. I actually hate the fitness industry to be honest. <laughs> like there's so much vanity and there's so much ego. And so what I do, I heard, in fact, I don't think I follow, I maybe follow one or two other fitness people. So what I had to do is I had to go through and do a big social media cleanse. Cause what I started to realize is that I was following people who actually made me feel bad about myself. Like I would watch their stuff and it wouldn't make me feel better. So I went through and I just unfollowed anybody who didn't make me feel good about myself or who you know just made me feel bad. And most of them were the fitness people. And so what I try to do is I do think fitness will always be a part of my life, right? Like I wholeheartedly believe that fitness in moderation can, will obviously make your body healthier, but can bring your mood up, can make you happier. So that's an important part of my life. But what I've tried really hard to do is get rid of the all or nothing mentality. Do everything in moderation is my belief. You know, I don't cut entire food groups out. I don't believe in that. I just think that there's, I don't label foods as good or bad. I think there's just some foods that you eat more of and some foods you eat less of. Right. And you know, for me, I also try really hard not to project my own beliefs on onto other people or force them to think the same way I think. So usually I'll share it as like, this was my experience or this was my thought process and this is how I'm going to work through it. But I don't know. I think for me, it helps that I don't identify myself as a fitness industry person. I'm just somebody who happens to use fitness as a way to communicate with my people. Yeah. So hard 75, I would totally do that with you. <laughs> well, I just launched a podcast actually talking about how I failed at hard 75. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And you know, it was, in a lot of ways, it was really good. It helped me remember that like, I feel good when I'm drinking in a gallon of water a day. I like having an outdoor workout a day, but to hold, it actually went completely against everything I preach and believe in, which is moderation. Nothing to extreme and that is extremely extreme. So, you know, I'm still, it was good because it gave me the kickstart that I needed, but I also believe in a rest day now and then, you know, and, and so 
there were pros and cons about it for sure. Awesome. Got it. Well, that brings up an, a question I have for you, which is what is your biggest failure either in your personal life or in your business? And what did you learn from it? Hmm, good question. Well, you know, so I am obsessed with this idea that failure is actually just, I actually get excited about failure sometimes now because I obsessed with this idea that it's not like the goal that creates your the confidence that you need to be successful. It's like, it's actually the process along the way of messing up, readjusting, reevaluating, trying again. That's that process that creates the grit and the character necessary to be successful. And Tom Bilyeu is like one of my mentors, although he doesn't know who I am, but like I look up to him. He was, um, he has a podcast called Impact Theory. He was the founder of Quest Nutrition. He's super motivational and he's the one who taught me that. But so with that being said, there's a lot of things that I can learn from that I, where I've screwed up in the past. I think in my business, I, about a year and a half ago, go partnered with some people who I made a lot of mistakes. I didn't have contracts up front. I just did most everything on a handshake. And then when things got ugly, it made it much harder. So I learned that contracts are so important. Even, I mean, it's important when you're amicable together because then it makes it way easier if things do separate. And I learned to like, I, I learned a business partnership is like a marriage basically. And it's a big deal. Like, I don't think I would ever partner. I might do, you know, I might collaborate with somebody on a project, but I don't think I would ever partner with anybody ever again, because, you know, if they go through hard things, like you're on the line too. And so I would say probably business wise was partnering with the wrong people for about six months. I learned a lot. And then it was a challenge for the next six to 12 months of figuring out, okay, how do I in-house and do everything they were doing? How do I do that myself? Personally, you know, probably I don't look at it as a failure because I'm happy where I'm at right now, but you know, nobody wants to go through a divorce. I, you know, sometimes you do wonder like, what would life look like if you weren't divorced? And am I ever, you know, I mean, of course you always wonder that, like, am I ever going to find somebody that put up with my weird busy bee personality? You know, I'm busy, busy, busy all the time. And I think sometimes a lot of people in theory like that, and then they are around it and they're just like, whoa, Natalie, you're too busy. And so I would say, yeah, I don't know. That's a really long-winded answer, but no. At, well, at what point did you realize you were capable of being totally successful on your own, that you didn't need a marriage or business partners or anything else that you could do it on your own? It was a really, really scary process, actually. So basically, I've been divorced now about four years, I think. And our divorce took a while to agree on how we were going to split everything. And so how we agreed was that we didn't do child support or alimony. And he took the cash and the retirement and I took the business, which is, I was... I felt like that was fair. I was not, neither of us were unhappy with that, but it was really scary because I basically had like, th I remember I had like three months of rent in my checking account when the divorce was final. And I was like, Natalie, you have to figure this out or else... And I could have gone and got a normal job and that would have been fine. But And so I looked at my Google Analytics actually on my website and I thought, and I saw that I was getting a massive amount of traffic to this one blog post and I didn't even write it. It was actually a guest blog post and it was on this weird word called diastasis recti and pelvic floor dysfunction. So a lot of times after women have babies, if they laugh, cough, sneeze, jump on a trampoline, they'll accidentally pee their pants a little bit. And I had this video of me where I had actually filmed a 
workout for a dollar workout club and I was wearing gray shorts and it was all jumping exercises. And I literally peed my pants during the workout. Like it started as a small spot. And by the end, my whole butt was covered. And like, I was trying to like contort my body in these weird ways at the end. And I was like, bye, you know, trying so people couldn't see it. And I knew, so I knew, okay, I'm known as the woman who talks about things that people don't usually talk about. Peeing your pants is super embarrassing. Like I, oh, I skipped a part of the story. So I had one of my friends from college had just gotten her PhD in this specific area. And she told me, she's like, Natalie, this can be fixed. And I was really defensive at first. I was like, uh, you go have two 10 pound babies and then we'll talk. Okay. And she was like so compassionate. And so she put me through these four weeks of exercises and they worked. It completely fixed the problem. And this was all at the same time. It's like, you kind of know how sometimes things are supposed to happen when they're supposed to happen. And I was like, gosh, I know that if I'm struggling with this, so many other people probably are, but I had to have a real heart to heart with myself. Say like, are you willing to tell the whole world, Natalie, that you used to pee your pants, you know? And so I remember I reached out to her the day after Thanksgiving to write the ebook. We started writing it the day after Christmas and we launched it January 31st. So it was like a month, a month, a month. And then we launched it January 31st. Within four months, we had sold a million dollars of this $37 ebook. It was this crazy time where all of a sudden two things happened. One, my world got flipped upside down because before that it was just me in front of my laptop working. Now all of a sudden I had a big corporation like that I'm I'm in charge of running. And also I started to prove to myself that, you know, I remember so vividly that moment when I when I was like, what am I going to do? And not only was I broke, but I felt broken. And I remember thinking like, what, what do I even have to offer as somebody? And it's not about the money, but it's about the confidence that it started to like build in me that I can say, I'm going to do something and then actually do it. And and then at that point, we also were partnered with those guys that I was telling you about. And so about six months later is when we split ways. And that was another time where I didn't know if I was smart enough to do that without the those guys helping me run the marketing. And thankfully, I had a really awesome gal that works for me and she had my back and she was like, Natalie, you don't, we can do this without them. She was like, they're like nagging you like a guy nags a girl. And like, she's like, they're trying to make you feel like you're not good enough to do this without them. And you are. And so I almost didn't walk away and I did. And I'm so grateful now that I am because I don't have to, I was paying them, you know, 35% of everything we made. So, so I think if I were to pinpoint a couple moments, you know, it would be just trusting like, that like the ideas I have will work. And even if they don't work, recognizing to separate, I failed from I'm a failure, right? Like we try lots of things that don't work, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's because I can't ever do something that won't work, you know? And so now, and I still quite, you know, I still wonder like, I don't know, I think, I think I do a pretty darn good job, but I still wonder like, am I raising my kids the way that they should be raised? You know, like, cause it's just me. And I mean, they have their dad and he's a great dad. He's an awesome dad, but you know, it's, I think it's something that it's a constant confidence battle of like, am I doing a good job? You know? So at what point, how did you find Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels and what has that done for you? Yeah. So Russell, it's funny. I don't know if, if my name just got thrown out there or something, but all of a sudden, like three years ago, I had like seven people email me and say, I want to build a funnel for you. And I was like, what the heck is a funnel? I thought it was like, you know, kitchen gadget. (laughs) And so then I started researching and Russell's name kept popping up. And I really, this is so embarrassing now that I know who Russell is because I just think the world of him. In fact, he's my business mentor. I pay 
okay to be in his inner circle. But he wrestled with a bunch of my cousins. So I emailed all my cousins and I was like, can you reach out to Russell for me? Because I really want to connect with this guy. And I messaged him. This is so embarrassing now, but I said something along the lines of like, is this a scam? Like, is your company legit? Because when people (laughs) promise something that sounds too good to be true, it usually is. And it's so embarrassing now that I know like Russell is such a good person that gives honest advice, but oh well, it's always a relationship. (laughs) And um, so he saw that I had a big following on Facebook. So he invited me to what he calls his fat event. It was a funnel hackathon. And everything that I learned, I just, all of a sudden my eyes opened like, oh my gosh, because I didn't know anything about internet marketing. I had read his book.com secrets. And I remember flipping through the pages thinking, these are really real secrets. And I had a notebook next to me and I was reading his book and I was writing down how I could apply it to my business. Turn the page. How can I apply it? Turn the page. And I took action. I think that was the biggest thing is that I actually took action, even though it wasn't perfect. And I implemented what he had suggested. And I think part of the reason why Abs Corp helped. So we launched Abs Corp Pelvic Floor January 31st. I went to his fat event February 6th. So it was a week later is when I learned all this marketing stuff that I didn't know about. And I think that is the reason, a big reason why Abs Corp Pelvic Floor became so successful is because I started to understand his marketing techniques and things like that. So, so yeah, I use their software ClickFunnels and I'm a huge advocate for their program and not because there's nothing magical about it, right? You do get all the stats. I mean, it makes it way easier to build a funnel than just having a WordPress website, but it's also like I geek out on all the marketing behind everything. You know, Russell has a podcast and I listen to it daily and I've read all the books and I go to the trainings and the events. I pay to be a lot of money to be in his inner circle. And I just think we have a joke with our friends. It's like hashtag do what Russell says because (laughs) it just works. Like he's just a really smart, high integrity person for sure. I've heard that before. He's a good friend of mine. So I have expert secrets. Do I need to read dot-com secrets? I think they're both great. One, they go just hand in hand with each other. So I would definitely recommend reading both for sure. Yeah. I I use dot-com secrets all the time. Like when I come out with a new product, I flip to like page 63, I think it is of dot-com secrets where he has a soap opera sequence. And I just follow that format, but I put my own words into it. I don't reinvent the wheel. If I know it works, like that's just what I stick with every time. Oh, I better, I better get the other one. He gave me expert secrets but I'm, I don't have dot-com secrets. <laughs> yeah. And he's coming out with traffic secrets here soon too. Oh yeah. I know he's been writing that. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is some advice that you have for someone who's trying to do their own thing or something that's out of their comfort zone? What would be your advice? Well, I think the best thing to remember is that everybody sucks when they first get started. We all suck at the beginning. Like if you look at my very first eBooks, blog posts, pictures, like it's almost laughable compared to now. Right. But every, everybody has to have a 1.0 version. Like even if you look at Apple, right? Like I have a nice iPhone 10 X or whatever it is. If you look at this version compared to their 1.0 version, like the 1.0 version is terrible compared to this. But like if Apple would have been too scared to put out the 1.0 version because it wasn't in their mind what they envisioned it as, they never could have improved it to make the 2.0 and they never could have improved the 2.0 to make the 3.0. And so I think a lot of times we sit in this fear of like, I want to put this out to the world or I want to create something, but it's, I'm not good enough yet. Or we, we brainstorm, brainstorm, brainstorm. We have all these ideas. But the most important thing you can actually do is take action because two things will happen. One, action creates momentum. And and so putting it out there gives you the, it gives you 
confidence momentum, but it gives you the opportunity to, you might not even know what needs to be fixed until you put it out there and then you get some feedback back. So the best thing I would, the best advice I would give is just remind yourself over and over and over and over again that everybody sucks at the beginning. Like I said earlier, if you looked at my first website, it was literally like a black page with white aerial font. And if you go to my site now, it's beautiful and it's pretty, but that's like the seventh version of my website, you know? And I have to remind myself that in all aspects. It's like, if I get out of working out, I try to get back in. I can't run a mile straight. Like I have to walk run, but eventually your body gets, you know, you adapt, you get better, you get stronger. And, and then the last thing I would say is that I still feel scared every single time I put a new product out. Like that feeling doesn't go away. So you just have to learn to work through it. Like my podcast, I was so scared to launch it. I pushed back the launch twice, which was in hindsight so silly because it's gone really well. I get scared every time. And I don't know if that's like a vulnerability thing. Like ah, I don't want to put it out there for people to criticize or, or if it's just, you just really want to put good stuff out there. But I've learned that that's my normal. I feel scared every time and I just have to learn to push through it, put it out there and then improve on it once it's you know, once it's out. Yeah. That's like with my podcast, Russell was encouraging me to start this podcast. And I was like, well, I have no clue what I would even say. And if you listen to my first probably 30 podcast episodes, the audio is terrible. I couldn't blend my music into when I was speaking and, you know, sometimes I'm really nervous that someone's going to start at the beginning and be like, oh, this podcast sucks and stop listening. <laughs> but I leave it on there because I'm like, you're right. The first 10, 15 episodes, I was just trying to find my footing, you know, and it's awful. And I hope that it will give somebody the courage to be like, okay, well, that sucked, but it turned into something that's okay. You know, now I think I'm better at all of it. And so... You know, I think I hopefully somebody will look back and be like, okay, well, she started before she had it perfect. So maybe I can do the same. <laughs> totally agree. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Top three tips for getting a lot of stuff done. Well, <laughs> okay. So I learned this from Steven Larson. So make a list of everything you want to get done that day, that week, that month, and then put a red dot next to like the things that only you can do and a green dot next to the things that you can hand off to somebody else and then obsessively focus on the things that only you can get done. Love That's it. really helpful too, even though it sucks because I get it. I love my sleep too, but getting up a little bit before the kids do gives me that time to like crank stuff out before I have like, mom, 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 you know? And then lastly is just be really cautious on who you surround yourself with both in person and on social media, because sometimes we can fall into this trap of, I have to do everything. I have to decorate my house like this Instagrammer. And I have to have a body like that Instagrammer. I have to cook perfect meals like this. Instagrammer and it can put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And so for me, I am very selective about who I allow in my brain space because I know my personality, I'm very easily influenced. And so I'm very cautious about who I allow my to be impressionable on me because in fact, that's why I had to delete Pinterest from my phone. Cause every time I got on there, I felt bad about myself. I was like, I can't do what these moms can do. I'm good at what I'm good at, but I'm like, I had a friend come and decorate my house for me. Otherwise it would have for real looked like a bachelor lived here. Like I'm not good at any of that stuff. Right. And that's okay. I just have to know, I can't follow a lot of people who have perfect looking homes because yeah. it will make me or that do these amazing crafts. And I'm not downplaying that. I think it's so cool that that's what they're good at. That's not me. And so I have to be really cautious about who I surround myself with because then I focus on getting the stuff done that I like and that I really want to get done, not like some other person's idea of what it looks good. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so I ask a lot of my guests this. If there was one thing you could ensure that your kids knew 
that their mom stood for, what would that one thing be? I think, gosh, that's a really good question. It would be that we're all worthy of love, even the messy parts, actually, especially the messy parts. And I hope that I, you know, infuse that with my products, whether it's loving yourself. Well, really that's the root of what everything comes down to is learning to love yourself through your mistakes, through your imperfections. And that, and then I would say the second thing is that human potential is nearly limitless. And I wholeheartedly believe that I have that written on a post-it note next to my bed actually. And I repeat it to myself every day over and over. Human potential is nearly limitless. And you know, there's two things we can control and that's it, our attitude and our effort. And if you put an relentless amount of effort and you keep a positive attitude, I really do believe that nearly anything is possible. So good. So good. What are you working on right now that you're most excited about? Right now we're focusing on our Peak Business Academy. So I'm really excited about it. We launched it back in January and it's a six-week course that teaches people how to do exactly what I've done, which is build a big brand based off of vulnerability, authenticity, and then how to monetize that using digital products, courses, ebook, membership sites, things like that. And so it's been great. We put a lot of people through the program with that have amazing results. And I'm really proud of, I know I can make a bigger impact teaching other people how to do what I've done than just trying to do it all myself. Oh, I got to get in there. Okay. How can my listeners find you and connect with you? So my website has links to everything from there. So it's nataliehodson.com, H-O-D like David, S-O-N like Nancy. Instagram's my favorite social media right now. So nataliehodson1 on Instagram or on Facebook, nataliehodson official over there. I love it. Well, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I know will be really helpful to a lot of my listeners and I hope you have a wonderful day. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was just such a delightful interview with my friend, Natalie Hodgson. She was so honest and shared so many great wisdom nuggets for anyone who's wanting to start a business or do something a little bit out of their comfort zone. I thought that she gave some great advice. And one of the things we talked about that I absolutely loved and wanted to point back out is when we talked about how everybody struggles at the beginning. So if ever you want to start something, a blog, a podcast, a business, anything that you're wanting to try, you're not going to be very good at it at the beginning. I mean, my podcast is a great example of that. If you go back and listen to some of my, like my first 10 episodes, the audio is terrible. I didn't know how to blend the music. One of my most downloaded episodes with one of my most popular guests, who is Steve Cook, actually is the worst audio I've ever recorded. But for some reason, people listen to it and I'm not sure why. And I can't take it down because it is a fabulous interview, but the audio is awful. And so I just want to let you know that if you're scared to get started, just like we talked about Apple version, you know, the iPhone 1.0, if there had never been a 1.0, then there wouldn't be an 8.0 or 10.0 now. And so if you're considering starting something new or just trying something out for the first time, just remember it's not going to be perfect. You have to start somewhere. And then once you put something out into the world, you can get feedback, you can improve upon it, you can come up with version 2.3.4.0 and on and on and on from there. So I promise you, you've got to start somewhere and then improve upon what you have. So even if you follow me, you know that I love Mrs. Rachel Hollis and I love everything that she talks about 
about and does, but even she invites people to go look at the beginning of her Instagram feed where her pictures are not nearly as nice as they are now. And so even the great Rachel Hollis had to start somewhere. So I would advise you if you're wanting to try something, don't wait until it's absolutely perfected. Do it now and then improve upon what you do and have. So in that same vein, if you are wanting to do something, I would advise you if you are local to the Boise area, please, please, please sign up for my You Rock workshop. It's next week. Well, it's this week on Friday. There are still some tickets available and I guarantee you will get motivated to do whatever it is you want to do, whether it's lose weight, organize your household, come up with some good plans for mothering or volunteering. If you want to start a business, a podcast, if you want to write a book, anything it is that you dream of doing that you think would be fulfilling in your life, I guarantee you are going to get tools and strategies to make that a reality. If you come to the workshop, you will leave with a workbook that is filled to the brim with your ideas and tools and strategies to make it happen. So if you haven't got your ticket yet, you can do it through my Instagram profile or you can just get on Eventbrite and search You Rock in Meridian and it will pull right up for you. So get your tickets right now. I promise you won't regret it. Also, I try not to ask this very often, but I need your ratings and reviews. It helps other people find the podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, if it's useful to you at all, and you think that somebody else would appreciate hearing about it, leave me a rating and review. You can do that in any podcast app, but you can also share episodes. So if you hear an episode that you think, oh my goodness, my friend would absolutely love this information, you can tap on the three dots in the top right corner and you can share it directly. You can send them a link. You can text them or email them the link to the episode. And if you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode. So I try not to do that on every episode, but that's just my plug to go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. That helps me out a ton. So I just want to let you know, I am so grateful to all of you that listen each week. I have such a fun, I have such a great time producing these episodes with you. I love learning from my guests who are just brilliant at whatever they're doing. And I love sharing their failures, their successes, their habits, and their advice with you and hope that it enriches your life and helps motivate you to just do whatever it is you came to this earth to do. And that is my mission and my goal and what I'm absolutely committed to doing. So thank you all for listening each week. It is an absolute pleasure to talk with you and learn with you and grow with you. I hope that I will be able to continue doing this for many years to come. So our guest next week will be awesome, I'm sure. But until then, have courage, be kind, and stay on the brighter side. 